1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello,
2: and welcome to the Keeping Up Appearances luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan vernon Smith. With me is luxury executive William Hanson.
3: Hello. We are here because Jonathan and I absolutely adore Hyacinth and her world in Keeping Up Appearances. We are big bucket heads. (laughs) And we want you listeners to fall in love with Hyacinth as much as we love her. Yes, we do.
2: So by now, you should know how this podcast works. But just as a reminder, in each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. So don't listen any further, please, if you haven't watched the second episode of the first series. Remember, Hyacinth always comes first. But which episode are we talking through today? Before you tell us, William, Mm -hmm. I'll sort the tea in the Royal Dalton with the hand-bent and...
3: And you share with us the synopsis from episode two, please. This episode is entitled The New Vicar. (coughs) Do mind my rug. (laughs) Hyacinth has invited the new vicar and his wife to tea. She has also invited Elizabeth, who is terrified that she might break one of Hyacinth's Royal Dalton Cups. Just before the vicar is expected to arrive, Hyacinth is horrified when Daisy and Onslow turn up in their tatty old car to tell her that Daddy has run off with a gypsy. She manages to get rid of them by sending Richard off with them and the vicar and his wife duly arrive. Unfortunately, just as she is pouring out the tea, Daisy and Onslow return because Onslow doesn't have enough money for petrol and Richard has forgotten his wallet. Hyacinth is then even more shattered when Rose arrives heavily wrapped up in an emotional crisis. Rose is delighted to learn that Hyacinth's vicar is there and wants to discuss her problems with him, especially when she sees that he's young and good-looking. It's not a very good day as far as Hyacinth is concerned. No, it's not. It really is. Things really go to plan for dear old Hyacinth. She likes to impress herself upon figures of authority. Yes. And a vicar, obviously, she's she's although it's never really discussed, she's obviously a devout Christian, and so thus the <laughs> vicar is uh, is a key person to impress.
2: Do you think she's a devout Christian? I don't. I think she just wants to people to know she's had the vicar
3: round. I think. Well, I mean, yes, but I, we. Are, well, maybe she's not that devout. I suppose <laughs> she thinks she should. She's be. She's an about. atheist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's a large order, a very important order. I have the new vicar calling this afternoon for tea and light refreshments, so how soon can you deliver?
3: Well, on reflection, maybe she's not a devout Christian, but I think she, she thinks that she should probably give that appearance. Oh, that yes. She is, she's she sort of... It goes, God, Jesus, Queen, vicar... Hyacinth. Well,
2: as someone who. Because I live in the English countryside. Yes. You, of course, live in the wicked city of London. I do. But when you live in a village, there are lots of ladies of Hyacinth's kind of age who mm. do love to be involved in the church and they do love to be on good terms with the vicar. So I think this is very kind of English village uh, typical, really. Yes.
3: Maybe they, they think it'll sort of, you know, get them a better spot. In later life. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's their their logic. You live in a parish. I mean, everyone lives in a parish. You've got a vicar. You are friends with the vicar.
2: Yes, although I'm very pleased to say the vicar who lives in my village um, is less keen on a cup of tea and more keen on booze. Right. And I'll be honest with you, and I think you indeed were involved in this one Mm. evening with the vicar in my village. We, well, we got wasted we got absolutely sloshed. We went to a, a candlelit supper with the vicar mm. and um, we all got quite squiffy. But he got so drunk, he couldn't even cook the dessert properly and nearly poisoned us all to death.
3: When I spoke to the vicar about that particular evening, he can't even remember saying goodbye to us. I'm not surprised. I thought he was going to have to have his
2: stomach pumped with his dog collar on. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: what Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but Hyacinth's vicar is very different And we'll get on to him uh, in a moment the, the whole episode opens with Hyacinth on the telephone Making a call to the Wholesome Bakery For six
2: fresh cream cakes A very large order A very large order They don't, they put the phone down on her, don't they? They're not keen on yes, fulfilling because they, this order
3: Because I don't think the Wholesome Bakery deliver I think you can go in and uh, and take away But they don't deliver. But (laughs) Hyacinth thinks that you should deliver, especially if it's such a large order and also an order for someone who has been ordained. Well, she tells the person
2: at the wholesome Bakery, doesn't she, that she has the new vicar coming around for Mm. tea and light refreshments. And again, this is another lovely Hyacinth phrase, tea and light refreshments.
3: It's nice. It
2: does what it says on the tin. Exactly. You always have to make any kind of... And this is one of the things that comes out of Keeping Up Appearances and I think this is why Mm. so many of us love it. So, so many of us, with a very slight, snobby bent, love it, that she always has to exaggerate everything and make it sound a little bit more luxury and executive mm. than it is. So she couldn't just say, oh, I've got the vicar coming around for a cup of tea. It's the vicar's coming around the for tea and light refreshments. Refreshed. In the same way that in later episodes, and we'll talk about it, but she has, for example, riparian entertainment. Bon vivant buffets.
3: Oh, munchiettes. Outdoors, indoors, luxury barbecue. Yes. With finger buffet? <laughs> with finger buffet, yes. of course.
4: I wish you wouldn't raise your arms like that, Richard. Not when you're overheated. It's very common out of doors. warm work,
2: If you have to perspire, we should go into the back garden so
4: you to disturb people who respect us socially.
2: So she goes outside, after she's had the phone put down on her, she mm. goes outside to find her long-suffering husband, Richard doing a bit of gardening. And this is one of my favourite parts of the episode. Mm. And the reason being, we, for the first time, see Hyacinth's beige peep-toe shoes.
3: You're slightly obsessed with a middle-aged woman's shoes.
2: Well, I love the fact that Hyacinth wears, they're a soft leather beige peep-toe shoe. And I find there's something always very funny about a peep-toe shoe for women of that age, and I still remember many years ago I went on a school trip, and we were on the coach, and unfortunately we, we, we ran an old lady. Over. We, we ran an old lady over, in the coach. And, Did this old lady survive? I don't know. But <laughs> when, when, when I when I looked out the window. We, all you could see was one beige peep-toe slingback in the middle of the jewel carriage, <laughs> And I shouted, Oh, her peep-toe slingback's come off! So the fact that we see Hyacinth for the first time wearing her peep-toe shoes that she wears several times throughout the entire... Yes. <laughs>
3: It goes nowhere near a jewel carriage. Oh,
2: actually, I hope it was high since we ran over. And I do hope...
3: That's why there are only five, series.
2: I do hope that lady was OK. But we see her beige oh peep-toe shoe. You know,
3: when people die, their clothes go to charity shops. You don't think that same beige <laughs> peep <pito laughs> is on your scarecrow in the loft? I,
2: I, thought, I thought it had a bit a tie mark on it.
3: Did it smell of a Dunlop? But
2: but again, my and we've referred to uh, my my scarecrows who live in the loft of the cast of Keeping Up Appearances. We've referred to, and my Hyacinth does have a beige peep-toe shoe, and I don't know why. But have you noticed that when old Mm. ladies fall over, their shoes always come (laughs) off?
3: I haven't, but it's something...
2: Seriously, next time an old lady falls over, you watch, her shoe will have come off. There'll be one beige peep-toe slingback cast adrift <laughs> from her body.
3: <laughs> well, thankfully, in this instance, Hyacinth's shoes remain on. And we see them predominantly when she goes to, to pick up a leaf. Oh, is that yeah. a dead leaf? Oh, is that? She's horrified. She's horrified that, that Richard would allow a dead leaf to be in the garden, in particular the front garden. Yes. But she bends down, and again, this is where, I don't know whether this was a conscious acting choice on Patricia Routledge's part, but she goes to bend down in a very unladylike way. It's not how ladies would be taught to bend down in finishing school. No. She sort of just lunges down. Yes. Her backside sticking out. Is that where we see her true breeding? Yes, I think, you know, underneath we Mm. see that perhaps she isn't quite as polished as she would like to be. (laughs)
2: But then Elizabeth appears, doesn't she?
3: Yes, looking like Elizabeth, because in our last episode we discussed how they were sort of still finding how to dress and style Elizabeth, but now the hair is sort of fairly plain, the the clothes are are comfortable, but fine, they're not sort of overly stylish or posh. They're just normal. Mm.
2: So she's invited to tea and
3: light refreshments. Yes, she's reminded.
2: Yes, don't forget... But she, she invites her in, if you remember at that point, for a rehearsal for the light refreshments because you can't just invite the vicar around no. without having had a dress rehearsal for when the vicar arrives with your dowdy next-door neighbour called Elizabeth.
3: Yes, you, you can't risk it. Before they go inside, however, I think Hyacinth goes off first. Richard, Hyacinth's husband, and Elizabeth have the first. And it's, it's very mm. minor. It sort of ramps up, I think, as the series progresses. But they have, I think. There's a little bit of, um, dare I say it, sexual tension, little frisson, yes, between the two of them. And they just sort of, you know, Richard says something like, "Oh no, I think you'll look lovely," or whatever, or pays a nice compliment, because I think Richard and Elizabeth they're united in the fact that they both are the people that live the closest to Hyacinth and have to deal with her personality. On a a daily basis.
2: I don't know that it's so much flirtation as I think Elizabeth just feels very sorry for Richard. And I think Richard sees in Elizabeth the nice wife he could have had if he Mm. hadn't married Hyacinth.
3: I think Richard and Elizabeth would be a very nice couple.
2: So they then go into the house.
3: Yes. And phone rings and it's my sister Rose.
2: Yes. Threatening suicide...
3: And Hyacinth is obviously appalled at this, because it cannot happen, especially on the day she has the vicar coming for tea and light refreshments.
2: She says, not on the day I'm having the new vicar for tea and light refreshments.
3: And in order to uh, keep Elizabeth unaware of the family drama
2: that is going on. Because, again, it's an embarrassment, and, and Hyacinth never wants her family to be seen by anyone else as embarrassing.
3: No, she wants to protect them. She's embarrassed by them. She's horrified by them but she doesn't want anyone else to know. And so Richard is brought in to talk to Elizabeth, go round the back of the house and talk to Elizabeth to keep her occupied. But we should just remember that the reason why Rose is
2: suicidal is because she's having love life problems yet again. And this is a recurring theme with Rose. This time she's, she's had a, a split with Mr Heppelwhite.
3: Yes, one of the many men. First episode it was Mr Crabtree, now it's Mr Hebblewhite. Mr Hebblewhite. and I'm not sure, why do they always,
2: why does she always use their surname? I mean, presumably she's intimate with these men, but she calls them Mr and then uses their surname. It's a bit unusual, isn't it?
3: It is. Maybe she's trying to add an air of respectability to it all, which of course we all know there isn't. Or is it to suggest that they're married men? Potentially. I can't
1: live without Mr. Hepplewhite! Will you keep it down, Rose?
3: I can't live without Mr. Hepplewhite. Not since the tragedy. Well, it's what happens to all men in the end. He's gone back to his wife. How dare he? She's suicidal. And she wants to borrow... Rose wants to borrow late mummy's wedding dress. Wedding dress to be
2: buried in. To be buried in. After she's taken her life over Mr. Hepplewhite. And... a lot of this, when you think about it, by today's standards... In in a comedy program, would they make jokes about people ending their life? I don't think they would, but it was quite innocent, really, wasn't it? I think because it's just so silly.
3: Yes, it's and so it's so over got, the top.
2: Yeah, you can't when you when you watch it, you. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we have watched it so many times, we've become, become immune to it. But I don't think there's anything offensive about it, is there?
3: I'm not offended, but I, I could understand why other people may potentially be offended. Yes, but she's just surely being dramatic and silly. She is, and that is her. She, you know, actually, all the sisters, particularly Hyacinth and Rose, do share a theatrical, dramatic tendency. Yes. Daisy sometimes, but not very much. So maybe that you can see their sisters in in that way. But poor old Richard comes on in to talk to uh, talk to Elizabeth, and any frisson that was recorded outside of the house when they did all their location shots, by the time they got into Television Centre to do the interior scenes, there's none because Richard's chat up line is about greenfly.
2: Yes, it's not very good, is it? No. But before Richard arrives, if you remember, Hyacinth has told him in the front garden to go in, go round the back, she says. And she tells him to go and distract Elizabeth. But in the meantime, when she goes (laughs) back to the phone, she swings open the kitchen door "Ah!" and then shuts the door. (laughs) Not quite sure what she was hoping to, to achieve by laughing in the
3: door. Just to give the air. Everything's, things, fine. everything's fine.
2: Everything's fine. Yes. So yes, yeah. and then she goes back to the phone to try and talk Rose <laughs> off the ledge. It's not uh, an excessive year for green fly.
3: Do you have a a go to the conversation is flagging, small talk topic?
2: No, I just stop talking to people and walk away. <laughs> I have no. You're a lot I lot have more direct. What, well, I am quite direct, and I have what's known as the five minute rule. If I meet someone new, if they haven't asked me a question mm. about myself or shown any interest yeah. within the first five minutes, I just walk off.
3: And that's why you have three friends. <laughs> 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 why, what's yours? I will always say, if you were, it's a bit grim actually, this bit, what would your last meal be? If oh. you were dying tomorrow. Lamb Lambalti. Oh, really? With a pilau rice and sangaloo. Gosh, that's normally when we have an Indian. That's what you have. Are you mm. expecting to go any minute? Well, always be prepared. <laughs> you never know when your time's up. Uh, but I normally would get, you know, if, then if it's really bad conversation, first course. Why do you bother? I mean, if someone's this boring, why would you bother? Why just, just to get elicit something. Th- well, yeah, not you s- feign an illness? Or? Sometimes when they've come for dinner, it's quite hard.
2: Oh, no, make make an excuse, say, I've got a terrible migraine, would you mind going? <laughs> or go and put your pyjamas on?
3: Yes, true. Well, I don't think I've ever asked you this, because I didn't know... No, the thank La- God! I didn't know the Lambalti answer. <laughs> <laughs> then we see Richard and Hyacinth changing, ready for the vicar's arrival, and out Richard comes, dressed for frivolity. Is the frivolity the fact that he's wearing suspenders? And an open shirt. Now, suspenders,
2: we should just explain to some of our younger listeners Mm. who might assume that Richard has
3: appeared in ladies' tights. No. They are sock suspenders. I think sometimes called sock garters as well. They are a device used to hold up your socks.
2: Now, I've never tried them, but I like the sound of them because my socks sliding down my leg is one of life's irritations. You have short socks, though. Well, can I show you? Flash an ankle. Hang on a second short socks.
3: Oh, okay, now you've pulled them up now. So there's yeah. So correctly in formal dressing, a sock should stop just below the knee. And that is to ensure you don't show any leg. I can't bear it when you see leg. I once had a very in-depth conversation with Charlie State off of BBC Breakfast about legs. And his mother disgusting. used to send him very long socks to wear on television so he didn't show any leg. I think it's disgusting
2: when you see male politicians Mm. With their legs crossed and a bit of leg showing.
3: And that's just disgusting. It's not nice. And so sock garters or sock suspenders ensure that your socks stay in place. Where do you attach the suspender to to keep it up? So it would go round just above your knee and it's a bit of elastic, right that sort of you would normally has got some sort of device on it just to fit it to size, depending on the the girth of your uh, of your thigh. Well, he's dressed for frivolity. Although Richard does point out in all their married life, he can't remember a single frivol. Although clearly there was one, because Sheridan was created. Unless Hyacinth and Richard maybe adopted Sheridan, or Hyacinth (laughs) was with another man. Of course they didn't adopt him. Well, if Richard can't remember any frivol. But
2: Hyacinth... Clearly, Sheridan, from the little we know about Sheridan, and we never meet Sheridan Mm. throughout the whole of Keeping Up Appearances, surely he's his mummy's son.
3: But is that nature or nurture? Oh, God. It's a deep philosophical question we probably won't, won't do on this podcast. No. But you never know. That's right. Then not only have we sorted Hyacinth and Richard's outfits, more or less, but then we have to go and check Elizabeth's outfit. She wants to make sure that Hyacinth is happy.
2: Yeah, so she checks the outfit, and then Hyacinth goes in, and then there is a moment between mm. Richard and Liz where...
3: I don't know. There is a moment between the two of them where they, they perhaps think about another life, a path not taken.
2: You look very nice, Elizabeth.
4: Thank you, Richard. You too. Very smart.
1: Casual would have been nice.
3: Richard?
2: Then we go immediately to Onslow's and Daisies, where a gypsy's arrive to sell Lucky Charms.
3: Now, I don't know if I've ever come across a gypsy.
2: It used to be a thing. OK. I remember. I mean, I don't... I, I haven't had a gypsy knock at the front door for many years, mm. but I do get people who've been released from prison selling me dusters.
3: Are the dusters lint-free? You see, I ask about lint-free dusters because they are very difficult to find. And lint-free duster is what you really need to do glass, mirrors, that sort of thing, so they don't leave any streaks. I like a microfiber cloth. I do too, but I prefer for glass a lint-free duster. And I was so desperate for a lint-free duster, many years ago, I told my uh, maternal grandmother, Etiquette Granny, that I needed some. And Granny decided at other granny's Funeral Grandma, as she was called, that... As I was standing, I had just walked out uh, behind the coffin. I was standing outside the church crying because Grandma had died. And Granny emerges from the church and comes up to give me a hug. And, but before she does that, she dived into her handbag and produced this tartan-check lint-free duster that she felt that just outside of Grandma's funeral was the time to give me the duster. It's nice. It's, it's nice. It was her way of saying, it's okay. Oh, there's the doorbell. I'd better get that. It's bound to be someone very important. And whilst Jonathan sees to that, why don't we freshen ourselves up?
4: I'm Sandra,
1: and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care.
3: We're back, fully refreshed, which is good. Don't spill that on my rug. And uh, before the doorbell rang, we had just been interrupted. Daddy has run off with a gypsy. And obviously Hyacinth is appalled, horrified and concerned for her daddy.
2: But she says he's been kidnapped by
3: gypsies, doesn't she? Yes.
2: Because again, it's another one of those, my family is such
3: an embarrassment, I have to lie. But do you think that she actually genuinely thinks that daddy has been kidnapped. There's not a bit of her that thinks it can't be Daddy because she's, like many daughters do, they put their fathers up on a pedestal. I
2: think you're too kind to her. Hyacinth is, she's embarrassed and ashamed by her pervy father's behaviour, so she has to kind of make an excuse for it. So he's not run off with a gypsy, he's been kidnapped by
3: gypsies. He
2: had Mm -hmm. no say in it, whereas in fact he did because he's an old
3: pervert. Well, I disagree I I think she is so deluded (laughs) But anyway, she can't really deal with it Because, as we know, she has the new vicar coming for tea and light refreshments Of course And uh, she's having her little rehearsal, arranging her sitting room Placing Elizabeth so Elizabeth knows where to sit Mind the ornament And uh, then we have our first mention of the Royal Roulton With the hand-painted periwinkles (coughs)
2: That's very true. And we also have another Chinese takeaway call at that point.
3: Yes, we do. It's a recurring joke that has recurred from the last episode.
2: Love it. They get funnier. They do. As it goes on, it gets funnier and funnier.
4: No, you cannot have three of 22 and a portion of 19 (laughs) chips. This is not the Chinese takeaway.
2: This is a private, slimline, pearl-white telephone with no oriental associations whatsoever. After the Chinese takeaway call, Mm. there is... As Hyacinth and Elizabeth are preparing for the arrival of the vicar,
3: the vicar is imminent. We get the wrong visitors, and we know that by the sound of a backfiring car. Now, again, minor age difference between you and I. Apparently, cars did backfire. Quite we used a bit. to
2: have backfiring cars all the time.
3: Right, and why did they? What what technically had gone on? I don't know.
2: Oh, but okay. there were times when I had um, I had a, a mini. That used to backfire from time to time, and people would duck. Why? Because, because they thought it was someone coming <laughs> with a, a
3: sort of shotgun. <laughs> well, thankfully, cars I don't think do that anymore. No,
2: but what was hilarious? So, uh, Onslow and Daisy's car, and as you know, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, yep. I was very intrigued by Hyacinth Richards' Rover two
3: one six. Did you try and buy? On Lone Days' car?
2: No, I didn't. Good. But I have driven a Ford Cortina. Ah. One thing I remember about the Ford Cortina was the gear knob was very small. Oh. <laughs> now, the exploding Ford Cortina mm. is a hilarious recurring joke that goes throughout.
3: Because you know what's coming. You
2: it's- know what's coming. They obviously put some kind of firework in the exhaust pipe of that Cortina. Yeah. But just the fact that as the car would grind to a halt, there was then this enormous backfire explosion, which was normally accompanied by a lot of smoke.
3: Mm. It's just hilarious, isn't it? Because you know that all of Hyacinth's neighbours will have come out to see what that was. That's right. The natural reaction.
2: That's right. And, of course, they'd be greeted by this horrible old Ford Cortina with mismatching paintwork and everything. Awful. Awful. Absolutely dreadful. So when she hears the arrival of the rough side of the family, she demands that Richard goes and gets rid before the vicar arrives. She can't have the vicar arrive (laughs) and find that lot in the drive.
3: So she rushes out to get rid of them. And the only way to get rid of them is to send Richard off with them. Oh, yes. But do you know, we've missed something.
2: There's something very funny that happens before. So after the explosion of the car, Mm. Onslow and Daisy come and ring the doorbell and Hyacinth doesn't want to go and answer the door because she knows who it is. So Elizabeth says...
4: Hyacinth? Isn't that your doorbell? Oh, (laughs) it does that sometimes. It's part of a very expensive test system.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that she thinks that anyone would buy that. Yes. But don't you just love that? I do. But if you had a doorbell... I mean, do you have a doorbell? You do have a doorbell. I do, yes. yes. And your doorbell rang randomly. That's that's it's, it's broken. It's not testing itself.
2: I've never known a doorbell have a very exclusive <laughs> or expensive <laughs> t- self-test system. No, but maybe we should patent that. <laughs> we could be rich. And it's at that point, I think, she comes back in and the only explanation for Elizabeth as to why... Onslow and Daisy have mm. arrived, is that Daddy, at that point, has been kidnapped by, by gypsies. gypsies. yeah. So at that point, the dishy vicar arrives. Played by Jeremy Gittins. Who was a dishy vicar. Indeed. Well, he wasn't a vicar, he was an actor. But... No, he was a dishy actor, playing a vicar. He was a dishy actor, arriving with his wife, who... Is behind
3: the door. <laughs> Why was she? Why was she behind the door? I never quite understand. Why was she behind the door? I think it's a great visual gag. You've because you love so that. You've said I to me you love hilarious. that. That's hilarious.
2: But I don't understand why she was behind the door. <laughs> Is it because she's kind of so plain and? boring, that
3: Hyacinth just shoved her behind the door, or what, what's going on? I'd I, I like to think that what happened before we joined that scene was that they arrived, Hyacinth was come on in, and then Hyacinth had to somehow go back out, close the door a bit, and came in, and she was so polite and, and meek, she just sort of, rather than step round the door, just <laughs> followed the door back, and found herself pressed up against the wallpaper. <laughs> And Hyacinth doesn't really care about the vicar's wife because she isn't the vicar. And so sort of just forget this about her and it just always makes me laugh. And and the actress played it very well in that she sort of looked, sort of, oh, well, I'm sorry to be there and and very um, scared of Hyacinth. Hyacinth then tells the vicar where to sit and indeed she tells everyone where to sit. And one of my favourite quotes from this episode is, I've had many a religious inspiration on that sofa. One of my reasons why I think she might be devout, because she is the sort of person that sits on a sofa and has religious inspiration.
2: You see, you like different lines to be. That line has never
3: stood out for it me. It always makes me laugh.
2: So you like when the, the vicar's wife's behind the door and then you like the religious inspiration. Neither of those moments have ever made because me I, laugh.
3: Because there's so there's something so simple, so domestic about a sofa... It's not it's not like it's a church or a pew. Why would you have a, have a religious inspiration on a sofa? I just think it's the juxtaposition.
2: We then have the well-known explosion of the car. Yes. Onslow's Cortina's back. Why? No money. Richards forgotten his wallet, they needed petrol. They have to come back to get Richards' wallet. Well of course this is the ultimate humiliation because Hyacinth cannot possibly have the dishy new vicar that she's trying to impress so much seeing the rough side of her family no or- And the horror on her
3: face is that, now that is hilarious or what well, it is, but not as funny as a religious sofa oh come on <laughs> And so she confronts Richard what 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 is happening yes. and as she as she tries to push them all back into the car and I think as the car then goes off again,
2: doesn't it leave Hyacinth in the smoke at that point? Yes.
3: <coughs> <laughs> Tottering down the road, dressed in black. In black just, morning gear. Just about. Well, not morning gear. Not not that. And there's Wait, the top half's morning gear. Hasn't she got a veil on? Yeah, but she hasn't got anything on underneath. Really, she's got sort of fishnet tights. Well, she's a tart. Yes, comes Rose. She's a morning tart. I think she's holding. <laughs> she's holding a wreath. She. <laughs> she's very considerate. She's bought her own flowers.
2: <laughs> Which again is hilarious. Yes. Because she's in mourning for herself mm. because no one else cares if she's ended her life. No. And of course, Hyacinth seeing her tarty sister
3: coming along in a short skirt. It's another alarm bell. Just as she's dealt with one alarm bell and put That's that right. fire out, She
2: got rid of them. Then, then Rose arrives. It's the other one.
3: And then, of course, Rose lets herself into the house. Yes. And the, the petals dropping everywhere.
2: Oh, yes. All over my, my lacquered wood block.
3: Yes. Hyacinth going again, bending down, picking up leaves in a very unladylike way.
2: <laughs> but Rose has let herself in. And, of course, once she sees the dishy vicar, all, all thoughts of Mr. Heppelwhite go right out the window. They do. There's only one man on Rose's mind. And he's wearing a dog collar. He is. She's got her eye on him.
1: You never said he was young. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: very really wicked of you, Hyacinth,
2: keeping him all to yourself. After a lot of kind of toing and froing, mm. Rose ends up leaving the house with the vicar. Scoops him up. And the vicar's wife is standing out there saying, where's she going with my husband? And this is the, I think... I'll be honest with you, this is a bit of a weak ending for me Mm. for Keeping Up Appearances because the episode, having had some very funny moments in it, kind of fizzles out. There's some strange bit about the car. Onslow's trying to fix the car. He's Rose,
3: over her shoulder, sort of goes, oh, yeah, Dad is back.
2: Yeah. Onslow's swearing with the horn going off and then the final line that's delivered by Hyacinth, you'll always be welcome, there's always a warm welcome at the bouquets. And that's it.
3: And that's sort of it, and, and then the candelabra comes in, and that's episode two. But it's still a good episode. It's an enjoyable episode for me, but it's not an episode that makes me roar,
2: whereas the pilot made me laugh properly out loud.
3: Yes. But but perhaps th- the funniest moment is that sort of that moment where she just bursts into Elizabeth, giggles, and shuts the door.
2: That is... Exactly. That's the one moment where it there is a there is a genuine laugh-out-loud moment. But fear not... There are many laugh out loud moments still to come.
3: Yes. Well, before we go, let's see how much we were all watching. Our producer has written a question for us and uh, we'll read the question now and you can play along at home, listeners. So, what is the number of the Chinese order that is accompanied with chips? Oh. Okay, I think I know. I have no idea. I think I know it because I once wrote it in something. I've written that. Number I've written... 42. I've written 27. I thought she says, no, you cannot have a number 42 with a port. She certainly says. Oh,
2: number 42 does appear at yes. one point. That sounds
3: very familiar. Oh, 19. Number
2: no.
3: 19. One year out. No. But
2: you're right. Number 42 does appear.
3: Yes. I was right. Just wrong episode. Well, Half bad. a point. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got that at home, congratulations.
2: If you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now hear William and I chat through every single episode of Series 1 right now. You know how to find the next episode, as you've done so well finding us here. But we need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast. So if you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial facility, giving them a call and instructing them to join us, well, we'd be terribly grateful. And until next time, do remember...
3: There will always be a welcome for you.
2: At the bouquets!